In today's show, we're going to be looking at buy low options for category and points leagues. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We are going to be looking at buy low options. Now, these are not <clears throat> these are not players or <clears throat> as I lose my voice. These are not the players. These are not every player that you need to think out of as a buy low. These are not players that you go out and acquire at every cost. These are players whose value in certain circumstances may be suppressed, and you can inquire to see if it's possible. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. And that's as simple as I think I can make it. Let's talk about that right now. Apologies for this voice. You know, uh, we are dealing with a... It's a pandemic. Of course, this is not uh, this is not any sort of COVID nineteen thing. I had the test; it's negative. It's all good. But just uh, just losing the voice, which I guess happens when you're talking all day for work. All right, let's start with the buy low option here. Darius Garland. <clears throat> it hasn't been a great return to form for Garland since coming back from his injury. His two games have given us seven and a half points, shooting twenty three percent from the field, and. While I think majority of people that have Garland will realize that he'll ramp things back up, there is already frustration. He hurt his shoulder. Why isn't he back starting? It's two games. Why aren't his minutes coming higher? Oh, is he reverting back to last year's form? I've heard this in multiple places, and that's why I think it's worth looking at. Now, I don't think he'll be as good as what he was to begin this season, where he was in you know, top 20, top 25 for a couple of games. But the 23% shooting, which includes 10% on threes, uh, won't stick. He hasn't generated a steal so far. He's hit one three in two games. That's what happens when you shoot 10% from deep. Garland is a guy that you know, we look at, I think, as maybe having top 70 potential the rest of the way, probably just safer to look at him as a top 100 guy. We've got to you pay attention, I guess, to how the shooting progresses. The assists have been really, really nice from him uh, so far this season. But at the moment, coming off the bench, the production that might scare some people into thinking he's back to being the guy from last year, I think it's worth looking at. Keldon Johnson's on this list because over the last week, he's the 235th ranked player. He's played just 29 minutes a game, and like Garland, he doesn't have a track record to fall back on, and that will make some people panic. And I've mentioned it before on certain shows, there have been many people ask me, hey, is it time to drop Keldon Johnson? Do we move on from Keldon Johnson? I've been pretty steadfast in saying, no, we hold on to him. But when you look at... Even the last two weeks, he's 159th ranked player, but 235th over the last week, he's shooting 42% from the field. He hasn't generated a single defensive stat, no steals, no blocks, only half a three per game shooting 18%, but there's the key, 18%. He's not going to be an 18% three-point shooter. It's going to come back up. He's going to go back to his 14 to 15 points, his seven or eight rebounds, his steal, his half a block, his 45% from the field, his 56, 57% true shooting. It's all going to come back. And he's gonna, again, he's not a top 50 player. He's not a top 70 player, probably. But he should be around that top 100 mark. And I think that we can get a little bit of value, especially if he's dropped. You're going at him. But you can get a little bit of value from him in a buy it low deal. The next guy we take a look at. And Mitch Robinson says, I'll take it from here. 
He hasn't really been, though. 148th over the last week, 29 minutes a game, 11 points and 9.3 rebounds. Now, that point scored is more than he scored all year. He's at 9.2 per game. But the blocks are well down, just one block per game. And you know that if we roster Mitchell Robinson, it's because we want defensive stats. He's averaging 1.3 steals and 1.7 blocks this year. But over the last four games, half a steal and only one block. Now, his block numbers have absolutely tumbled, tumbled as he's been able to stay out of foul trouble. And that's a pretty common thing that happens. But getting this level of or this reduced level of defensive stats paired with a sub 50% free throw percentage, which is where he's at all season, it makes that value yeah, pretty useless. At the moment, he's really only a big contributor in field goal percentage. He does help your rebounds a bit. But those blocks are well down. Now, I'm not expecting them to go back to two and a half in 20 minutes like they were in his rookie season. But I think we can expect them to go back to at least close to two per game rather than one per game and get those steals back up to one per game as well. So I think that Mitchie Robinson is a bit of a buy low. Again, you throw someone at the back of them. People always ask me, Josh, who do I throw out in a trade for these guys? It's almost impossible for me to say that because I could tell you a player and vast majority of you won't have that guy on your team. And it's not about what I think it necessarily is the guy. That It's about trying to work out uh, the guy in your league, what they're after, who you've got on your team. But I think if you throw out a player for Mitch Robinson, that's why I try to give ranges when talking about these guys, which admittedly I didn't do with Garland. Or I said, you know, looking at a top 80, top 90 sort of player and same sort of guy for, for Calden, uh, you know, top 90 sort of guys would I be giving up. For Mitch Robinson, I'm looking at like a top 80, top 70 sort of player. Um, well, that's what I expect him to be. Sorry, I think you can give up a top one hundred sort of a guy to get him uh, to get him in. So you, you look at a guy like uh, I'd happily trade a, a Serge Barker for him. I'd happily trade Larry Nance for Mitchell Robinson. Um, yeah, Harrison Barnes, pretty clearly, I'd do that deal. I'd probably consider PJ Washington. Actually, I probably would do PJ Washington for him. Um, so yeah, a couple of other options you can look at there. If we look at the next one, it's Malcolm Brogdon. We talked about him weeks back as a sell high when he was getting steals coming out of his ass. He was shooting unbelievably. That has fallen off. And he's the 133rd ranked player over the last week. He's still averaging 20 points. He's still averaging 38 minutes a night. But he's shooting just 37% from the field, including 25% from three. But most importantly, he's down to 0.7 steals per game. And while that might seem anomalous for a guy that's 1.6 on the year, last year he averaged 0.6. The year before he averaged 0.7. And the year before he averaged 0.9. I'm not sure he's going to stick at a 0.7 steals per game player, but that was always the worry when he was tracking at two steals per game and he didn't even get to, he barely got over a half per game last year. You worried. And he went, oh, okay, this is, there's definite some sell high um, potential here. And now it's coming back to earth. Now, while those steals might stay at 0.7 per game, they probably won't, but they might. The thing that won't is 25% shooting from three. That will be able to bounce back up. And I think you look at Brogdon as a guy that we should look at as not a top 15 guy, not a top 20 player, but in that 30 to 45 sort of range. Would you consider trading Devin Booker for him, who's the 56th ranked player over the course of the season? I don't know. I reckon I might. The minutes, the assists... They're all in Brogdon's favor. The free throw percentage is in his favor as well. Um, I might consider that as a move to do. Now, that's not really a buy low because of of Booker's name value. But if everything was equal, I would do that. But you can go down the list a little bit. DeJounte Murray for, um, uh, for Malcolm Brogdon? Yeah, sure. That's what I'd be doing. Brandon Ingram, the next guy on this buy low list. Over the last week, he's the 67th ranked player. 
That is well down from the 38th-ranked player he's been all season. And why is that? Well, actually, over the last two weeks, his assist numbers have plummeted. 2.8 per game. Now, his value is in his scoring, but that's been fine. Like, he's getting 23 points per game. He doesn't get you much in terms of steals and blocks under one per game in each of those. That's fine. Two threes a game, 85 from the line, good attempts. Although the free throw attempts have started to come down, which is a concern with how much usage that Zion Williamson's getting. But the assists... Why are the assists down so low? He's at 4.6 this season. He's at 2.8 over the last six games. He was at 4.2 last season. I am a little bit worried because there is the two point guards there and how they work on that and how he gets those assists back up. So I think there is some reason for skepticism there, but I do believe that he is a pretty strong buy low, just assuming those 2.7 assists go back to 4 4.2, 4.3, and that pushes him back into that top 40, top 35 sort of area. Um, When you look at guys who over the last week are ranked in that area, like would I trade John Collins, who's 42nd over the last week for Brandon Ingram? Absolutely, I would. Would I trade Marcus Smart, who's 35th over the last week? Yeah, absolutely, I would. Um, Mike Conley for Brandon Ingram? Yeah, that's maybe a different discussion, but I probably would do would do that, um, although that's not really executing a massive buy low there. Tyrese Halliburton, who's a top 50 player over the last two weeks, you're never going to pull that off, but Tyrese Halliburton plus for Brandon Ingram. You're trying to just leverage people who are quite impulsive in their trade moves and look for the people who execute a ton of trades in your league. They're the targets that you go after, especially if they've got someone like Brandon Ingram who is a bit of a buy low at the moment. Let's have a look at some points league guys as I uh, choke. A couple of similar names on this list. Darius Garland on there um, for all the reasons I mentioned already. He's averaging just 14 fantasy points over the last um, over the last week, which isn't going to cut it. Malcolm Brogdon is also on this list. Brogdon over the last week's averaging just 32 fantasy points, which is down from 40 over the course of the season. Let's look at the other names on here, though. LaMelo Ball over the last week, 171st. Now, in large part because of that one game where he played under 20 minutes a night <clears throat> or under 20 minutes, but he's a guy... We should be looking at as a 33 to 34 point fantasy producer. He's giving you 20 at the moment, 28 over the last two weeks. So I do think that you can look at him as a buy low. And if you look at those guys averaging that similar amount, Andrew Wiggins, I would probably be trading Wiggins for him. Um, your guys you know, are in that 28 mark. You're David Nwaba, but you're never going to pull that deal off, of course. Tyrese Halliburton. There are plenty of people who believe that Tyrese Halliburton should have been the number one pick in the draft. Find that guy and trade uh, trade uh, Halliburton for Lamelo Ball. But looking for players in that you know, 20, 24, 25, 27 fantasy point. Again, he's averaging 20 over the last week. You're not going to be able to trade a, a 20 fantasy point per player guy to get Lamelo. Yeah, maybe it's a 25 point guy. Maybe it is a maybe it's his brother Lonzo. You want to trade, but you know, always trying to throw in two for ones in buy lows is is a good idea as well. Let's look at Steven Adams now, who over the last week is the 166th ranked player, averaging just 21 fantasy points per game. He's at 27 over the course of the season, and I think he can get to that 27-28 mark, which puts him right in the top 100 for fantasy points leagues. But with what he's averaging at the moment, there is some value to be extracted out of getting him, and his numbers are down. I am a little bit worried about Adams, but I also believe that I'd be happy to trade guys 
who are outproducing him at that level, like a, a Jeremy Lamb, for example, 23 points straight away. I think I would do that move to get Steven Adams back in a points league. Um, Bobby Portis is averaging 23 points. Yeah, easily I'd do that to get Steven Adams back. Lou Dort's averaging 22 points. I'd do that to get Steven Adams back. So I think there's a bunch of guys we can take a look at. And the last one you're going to scoff at, and that is Russell Westbrook. He played one game since coming back. He had a minutes restriction. I, I literally know all those things. But there are people already that have messaged me and have tweeted at me, oh, Josh, I'm in a shallow league. I just want to drop Westbrook. Now, this is more for category leagues, but yeah, he's just killing me in too many areas. The quad, it's a real worry. Is he just going to continue to sit out back-to-backs all year? Yes, he probably will. But when I say buy low on Westbrook, this is a guy who's the 18th ranked player this year, averaging 44 fantasy points per game. Can he get back to that level? I, I I believe that he can. I believe he can probably exceed that level. But there will be people out there who don't believe that, who are worried about the back-to-backs, who are worried about sitting out, who are worried about his quad, and they're all valid concerns. So you don't have to pay up as a second-round price to get Westbrook. Maybe you give a top 40 player or a top 50 player to get him back, and maybe it doesn't work for you. But if it does work and it comes together and Westbrook is a top 10 option, which I do think is a pretty decent possibility, and that's going to work out pretty strong in your favor. So that is one that I'd be looking at. Again, it's not one that's probably going to be pulled off in most cases, but first game back, worries about the injury, worries about the back-to-back. You use those things. You leverage those things to be able to pull off that deal that you need. Guys, that'll do it for me today. I'll be back later on with the pregame show, 6.30 p.m. Eastern, talking about the games in the NBA. Subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. See ya.